she never be pretending. Nothing is real. She gonna tell you what she bought it, cause she know you can't afford it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the eSpot with Camille. I am your host, Camille Cower, and I am so excited for you to meet my guest today. She is one of the other co-founders of the Kaleidoscope Project and an interior designer as well. And I just, I, after speaking with so many of the designers and seeing all the pictures, wow, like, did you have any idea, like, how this would come out? Like, was this your goal when you originally started the Kaleidoscope Project? You know, when I started the Kaleidoscope project, there was, you know, there, it, it was something that never existed. So there was no, there was, there was no expectation. So every expectation has been met and beyond, I'm going to say. And the designers are all so amazing and had did such an incredible job. And uh, yeah, it, you know, a lot of hard work that all came together to, to really make this um, an extremely special event that really I think is the most important thing I've done in the industry to date after 30 yeah, years. I, mm -hmm. Well, tell everyone a little bit about your 30 year history. I mean, I know we can't fit all of it in <laughs> a small <laughs> amount of time, but I'm just curious, how did you get your start and what made you, what, in, what encouraged you to even start the Kaleidoscope project? So let's start back with how did you get started in the world of um, interior design? Um, my mother was a designer. Mm. I always loved art and everything about art. And I always designed my own rooms at 10 years old. You know, I'm sure you've heard this story from designers all the time. I had pink and peach for mica furniture and everything was round. And I made my mother have somebody make it. And, and she did. Wow. <laughs> yeah. With touches of turquoise. It sounds beautiful, but very much like you had to have a mom that was in the business to make that happen. <laughs> that sounds hard totally. to come by. <laughs> Absolutely. My mom had an art gallery for a while. And, you know, my parents are very all about culture. I got very lucky and they were very supportive. I was always doing art classes and going to museums. And I just am still and always was obsessed with art. And um, there was really no other place for me to be in the world. This yeah. was it. There was no plan B. Mm. I was gonna so, find so you were lucky to have parents that were already in the industry and they kind of encouraged that for you. So what well, was your path? Dad. Oh, your dad was not? <laughs> my dad was a CPA, so no. <laughs> oh, so he knew how the bills were made. <laughs> so, yeah. but very supportive, very supportive parents. Super lucky. Yeah. So good. how did you go about getting your career started? You, I mean, thankfully you did have supportive parents, but at the same time, you still have to make your own path. It's still one of those things where just because your family's in it doesn't necessarily mean you'll be right. successful. And you've been able to be in this industry for 30 years. So share a little bit about um, how that came about or what even you think with 30 years, how you've been able to stay resilient in a business that's so... I guess you always have to stay on the cutting edge at the same time, but able to keep such a long career. Um, I think um, I started, I technically started my career. My mom had already exited the career. So mm. um, I had my daughter, Justine, who's now 29 and she was a few months old. And I moved from Manhattan to South Florida, Miami area. And um 
I was like, what, what should, what should I do with myself? You know, I gave up my job in video production actually. And, uh, you know, I was just thinking there's nowhere to shop here for kids furniture. Like everything's gross. <laughs> there's no Madison Avenue. I had no money, but you know, there's still nowhere to shop. And so I opened a baby furniture store with no money and what, oh. and a, and no husband. Mm. So I had a lot of tenacity, and I just said, you know, this is, I'm doing it and there's no turning back. So that's what I did. And it grew into a full service retail, uh, furniture at home furnishings, furniture and design business. Oh, wow. And I did hundreds of homes, like an insane amount. We used to just churn them out. Oh, how fun. Well, I love the fact that you were a single mom and turned what you like. Well, I guess some of the passions from growing up in the industry and was able to use that to kind of be able to balance both. Because so many times with women, it's so hard to balance motherhood and a career and being that you were doing it as a single mom in a new area, like that's just a testament to your venacity and just even with the kaleidoscope project, again, you're taking on these big (laughs) projects, these mammoth ideas, but you make it happen. So that speaks a lot to you as well. But so when you made that transition, I guess working first, opening up your store, but then doing all these different homes, you noticed there was a need for it. So what was, yeah. I what was, were some of the, oh, go ahead. I was super lucky. Um, mm-hmm. I opened my stores 92-ish. Yeah, 92. And there was a housing boom in the Broward County area of South Florida. Mm-hmm. And they were building one cookie cutter development after another, which is huge now. Now yeah. it used to be like the, you know, the hot spot is now like, you know, not the hotspot anymore because it's so many years later. But um, so it, it just kind of caught on. I had a, you know, I guess a, a look that people wanted. And I was very easy, I think, to work with because when I look at design, especially for somebody's home, I, it, I always look at it from a point of view that this has nothing to do with me. I'm facilitating a living area, a living space for somebody else to enjoy and love. And it has to be about them and not me. And, um, you know, with that approach, it just kind of made it really easy. I, I was, I moved on to like their style quickly, their needs. Um, I was able to, you know, pull together something with pushing them a little bit outside the envelope and still giving them what they wanted just beyond their expectation. And the thing that was with the builders of these developments, these huge builders, they would pick out all their hard goods themselves. So we would just do paint, window treatments, art, and all the furniture. So floors, countertops, bathroom tiles, fixtures, all the hard goods were already done, which is Mm. why we were, and they were building these homes really fast. So, which is why we were able to do so much work. Um, Yeah, they were the Mac mansions back then, right? (laughs) Right, exactly, exactly. That's exactly what they were. You know, the two Lexuses and Mm -hmm. million dollar mansion or whatever we call it. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, so you know, we would get everyone on the cul-de-sac. 
basic thing. It was the right time, the right place, a lot of good fortune. And, you know, and then no resale, very hard. You, you know, after 16 years, I was done. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So after those 16 years, you had to do the great big, I mean, the word of the year, I guess, pivot. So how did you, that go about? Um, well, the economy sort of helped with that, um, with the crash mm. of the economy in 07, 08, especially South Florida. You know, South Florida is one of these places that has this really up and really downturns. Like, yeah. you know, it's either off the chart everything's selling in a minute or everything's in foreclosure. <laughs> it's, it's, it has these really big ebbs and flows. And uh, so when the economy really tanked, um, South Florida got hit very hard. And like I said, everybody was in foreclosure. So nobody was really spending money on furniture. Um, I did continue designing for a while, but I closed my retail stores and just, went to co uh, went actually and got a coaching certification took 18 mm -hmm. months and got certified in coaching business coaching leadership coaching and nlp neuro linguistics programming and i really mm -hmm. did that as a sort of self um discovery new learning new ways to communicate with people yeah. um just as something i needed to do for myself as yeah. like I felt like I was a little bit lost as a person. Um, I was there, you know, Amy OTM, Amy Justine's mother, Amy somebody else. I was not, I, I was sort of like I needed to like identify with myself again. So that's what yeah, I did. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then I was like, and now I got to get out of Florida because I never loved living there. And I came back to the Northeast and I couldn't be happier. I've been here. And, it's really good. So um, I started a rep business here and the Life Designs Group, and I have a hospitality boutique design business. So we do small boutique properties, inns, hotels, restaurants, you know, one-off restaurants, um, preschools, different kinds of small boutique kind of commercial and hospitality projects. And, it's, and I love it. It's really fun. So speaking of projects, da -dum -dum, <laughs> tell how the Kaleidoscope project came about. <laughs> so the Kaleidoscope project came about, um, I was a board chair for a small theater company, mm. um, the Berkshire Playwrights Lab. And after the horrifying murder of George Floyd, one of our board members wrote a letter to the board, an email, and our four artistic directors, two of which are African-American. And he, he wrote this in, in all innocence, I'm gonna say, or, or lack of knowledge or thought. And he basically said that James Tyler, very, 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 very well-known, amazing playwright, and Felicia Bradford should speak out on behalf of Black people in the theater industry. Hmm. So James very eloquently, because he's a playwright, wrote this beautiful letter in return to the board, basically saying, we've been yelling about this shit for years. It's time <laughs> our white friends 
stood up and said something and opened their mouths. And that was much, that was kind of the slap in the face that sitting in front of a TV crying, sitting mm-hmm. in front of a TV yelling, um, doing nothing but complaining and going on an occasional women's march or it just wasn't enough anymore. Mm-hmm. Turning, mm-hmm. turning, turning your cheek the other way just wasn't going to cut it. Mm-hmm. And I got to take a very long, hard look at the industry I've lived in all these years and um, acknowledge because it wasn't unnoticed. It just wasn't acknowledged the very lack of diversity and equality within our industry. And that's when I decided to call Patty and we had um, a very heart to heart conversation and um, we birthed the Kaleidoscope project to try and bring attention to voices not heard enough mm-hmm. in our industry. Mm-hmm. And, and so, <laughs> yeah, I would say so. You guys have been definitely, I mean, I would say it was more than just a, a drum or moving the needle because the, first of all, the Kaleidoscope project is amazing that you guys brought in all these 23 different designers from different cultural backgrounds, as well as different areas all over the country, brought them together to, take over or make over <laughs> this and about and how you went about finding the different designers to be a part of about this team. And like, it's just so much that you guys had to undertake and you did it during the pandemic as well as if that wasn't yeah. challenge enough. <laughs> so share a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Um, the property kind of landed in my lap a little bit. There was multiple discussions with the proprietor or the person that was purchasing this property and, and planning on a redo. And uh, eventually we, we came to an agreement to, for the end to be the vessel for the Kaleidoscope project. Um, of course, Patty and I both reached out to designer friends of ours that we already knew and said, you have to be part of this project. You know, I called Bria and David and Virginia and like anyone else I knew on the, on the planet. And, um, and then it just happened organically. It really did. I kept telling Patty, like, you know, it, it started to get stressful, like, oh, my God, we have two more rooms. What are we going to do? Yeah. I'm like, don't worry, we just won't do those like I knew in my head, like it would just come together, you know? Um, yeah. And it did. It just happened organically. I found the Austin Gray Group on Instagram. I was following them. I just love their business concept. There's so many things about them. I just so incredibly cool and different. And their design is so cool, as you can see in their room, Lady Sicily. And um, yeah, and it just happened organically that way. And um, got to meet a lot of new designers that I didn't know before. And Mm -hmm. literally some, I just completely cold called said, you know, I know your work. I follow you on Instagram. I think you're fabulous. Are you interested in doing this project? And, you know, we were very conscious about the level of talent we were seeking and, um, you know, talents that were very diverse within the, within the art form, as well as, their backgrounds, where they live in the country, and all those other things. Like we wanted a diverse group of art artists, basically, but not have the and look like hodgepodge. And and they brought it. They all knocked yeah. it out of the park. It really is 
Yeah, it's definitely not a hodgepodge lodge (laughs) at all. It's absolutely stunning. So when you finally got to see the finished project and unveiled it to everyone and it had a media day and over 35 different publications came out to visit all the way out to the Berkshires, how did that feel seeing your dream come to fruition and not only fruition, but to get so much support from the industry as well? Um, I, I became very proud to be a part of this industry. The industry really did rally around us and step up. And we're, I'm still getting calls and emails saying, what are you doing next? We want to be a part of it. Because, you know, we did everything in like four months. It was a fast okay. train. Um, the way I felt when it all, like, I didn't get to really, I'm going to say, relish in it until it was really finished because there was just still so many details and I was on property almost every single day. Now that's what everyone's telling me. And when you're saying the fast train, I'm like, not just a fast train, it's a fast train. You're building the tracks and the train while it's going. (laughs) So you had a lot going on and helping with the interns and um, correspondence between virtual and time zones and I mean, a lot of the designers were singing your praises, but at the same time, I could understand why you weren't being able to relish in it just so the audience has an idea of how much you were undertaking as part of this project as well. It it was a really big undertaking. I I won't Mm -hmm. fit because if anyone else wants to undertake this and and needs any, you know, real information, I'm happy to support them with that. Um, And I, and I, you know, so many of our things in our industry now, like are a little bit skewed as far as oh you can Mm. renovate a kitchen in two days with 20 grand Mm. and you Mm. know that's not true so (laughs) um i you know from a realistic point of view it 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 really was crazy to get this done it was actually 30 bathrooms in three months ripped out completely done all different. And the before and afters are so significantly different on the spectrum. Just, I mean, it's an 18, like 1800s. I always mess yeah. up the numbers. Eight, well, 1700s, it was originally built. And then the other parts of the house was 1800s. So like very old home. And then very, on top of all of that, <laughs> like there were some limitations as far as what you were able to do with construction and so on and like with electrical and so on. But then a lot of these different designers weren't there until install day. So you had the pressure of making sure everything that they were zooming in to see came out exactly like that. So there was a lot of pressure on you, but it's so beautiful. Like I'm, I'm excited for everyone to see and hear and also hear from all the different designers, their journey in creating all of this, but also the, the people behind the dream of the Kaleidoscope project to get their <laughs> shine as well. And all the different sponsors that were involved because you oh, did yeah. have a lot of support so even good. on that side as well. Yeah. And the different we trades 40, that were involved. Mm-hmm. We had 40 sponsors. We oh, Wow. So yeah, it was, it, it was a tremendous amount of work getting the sponsors, getting the designers, the trade, the product, <laughs> tile, Arizona, you know, tile month. <laughs> you know, where it's just like, all right, you know, your tile. You tell me one of these three has to work because I need the tile like tomorrow. So yeah, there was a lot of pressure, and I know. Um, you know, the designers are really great about all of it. I know some of them were disappointed mm-hmm. about certain things along the way. I'm like, 
sorry, but it's going to be great. And it, it really did turn out exactly the way it was supposed to. And, you know, these are all highly professional, very, very, very well-versed designers and are used to dealing with mm -hmm. challenging um, issues on a regular basis. And yes, of course, the inn itself built, as you said, 1776 to the mid 1800s. There are three separate buildings, two of which housed the Kaleidoscope project. Um, had its challenges within itself. I mean, there was just layers and layers and layers of wallpaper. Like the walls were oh, just yeah. like crumbling around us, trying to get all this layers and decades of wallpaper <laughs> off. I said, we took a lot of wallpaper off and we put a lot of wallpaper up. <laughs> six, six, six wallpaper hangers on property. Um, all local. All from the area. And, oh, that's um, great too. Yes, yeah, so we supported the community. We had a phenomenal GC, um, Aaron Aaron Roca from Ridgeline Builders, and uh, they're working on my house now. And uh, it's yeah, we have phenomenal, phenomenal crew. Um, definitely challenges with the proprietor. Very limited budget. You know, construction mm -hmm. budgets tend to escalate pretty quickly. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so for those reasons and permit reasons, we couldn't move any of the plumbing. We couldn't add right. additional electrical um, fixtures in places there wasn't electric. Um, you know, time constraints, money constraints, um, permit constraints. And it's a pandemic, so pandemic. <laughs> things are getting shut down, yeah. closed, and the furniture was hard to come yeah. by. There was furloughs. Yeah. Exactly. We had one electrician. Oh. And, that's, and he's great, but like, and he he's only one. Yeah. someone with him, but you just couldn't get anybody else. Mm. So there were so many varied issues, you know, and delayed in getting lighting fixtures, and they ordered the wrong lighting fixtures, and you know, but, I, you know, but you guys made it work aside it, you know, I, you know what, they're not untypical issues in the industry. So I think the designers really understood for the most part that this stuff happens and they're really so, so talented and so clever that they were able to roll, roll with it and, you yeah. know, switch gears pretty quickly and, I'm pretty sure that they're all really pleased. Oh, no. Everyone I spoke with was very happy, very excited. And um, right. I want to make sure that everyone knows how they can keep up with the Kaleidoscope Project as well as with you. So if you could share yeah. how everyone can keep up and find out more. So the kaleidoscopeproject.com, our website, is the best place. And follow us on Instagram, the underscore Kaleidoscope Project. And uh, our email is hello at thekaleidoscopeproject.com. Email me anytime. Um, we, we love to keep bringing more people in the circle of the Kaleidoscope Project. We are already very hard, working very hard on our next initiative, which is not a show house. <laughs> that will happen probably April 2022. And we'll okay. be able to talk about that soon, ho hopefully in Dallas. We can announce that project, um, which would be really fun to do. We're, we're working on it. Oh, how exciting. Well, I love it. Well, thanks again for being my guest today. And 
this, I mean, everyone, if you get the chance, please check out the Kaleidoscope Project's Instagram page, or just go go ahead and book a room at the end and just go through all of the rooms one by one. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again. And tune in for more information about the eSpot with Camille by checking out CamilleCower.com. Thanks again Thank for watching. You, Camille. Oh, it was my pleasure.